Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Well, this podcast is going to be brilliant and I know that because um, it may, no fault to the NHS, but it may take a while to get through to your GP, but we have got one yes. on hand for you today <laughs> in the podcast. Please welcome Dr. Daniel Gordon. Yay! Hello. Thank you very much. How are you today, Daniel? You know we are going to kidnap you after this and yes. keep you keep you on call for our personal questions. <laughs> I'm fully prepared for it. Part of the agreement. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this Q&A. As you can imagine, loads of people have sent in questions, um, a variety of questions, you know, about the little ones, about themselves. So we're limited on time, so I want to get straight into this today. I'm, I'm going to kick off with this. Why is everyone so ill <laughs> this year, Daniel? I wish I knew is the answer. I wish I knew. It's it's such a good question. And I think that, that as a parent of three kids, it's kind of the thing we were asking in our house the whole time as well. Um, mm. You know, every morning we have, I don't know if you feel the same, but every morning we have that wake up in the morning where you're kind of trying to see who is it who's going to have a fever, which nursery are we calling? Yeah. Look, the winter time is really difficult. It's that's when all the viruses start circulating. We've also had the strep A thing, which has been really stressful mm. and it's felt a bit amplified this year. And I don't know if there's something about immunity after COVID and children are kind of struggling a bit more to fight off the viruses that they did before. I think to me, honestly, it probably feels clinically like a normal year. So I, the things I'm seeing are the things I normally see. Mm. So there are better and worse years. It kind of depends on the viruses that are circulating. But I wish I knew. I wish I knew how to answer that kind of really honestly, because I think it's just probably a bit of a bad year. Just so yeah. that I understand without being too medical, and Georgia, you probably feel this as well. Every time one of the kids gets a bug, that is building up their immunity for the future, right? It's not just a waste of time. <laughs> it's not a waste of time. And, you know, to an extent, we can't stop it. I think that's really important because I think a lot of parents focus on trying to stop it. There is an importance to trying to stop it, but there is also an inevitability about it. And, you know, I, I, when your kids first go to nursery, without a doubt, 
the yeah. week after they're off sick. It's just a given, right? Um, our immune system works in a complex way. So there are some things that once we get it, we remember it like chicken pox. It doesn't come back ever again. Mm. Very, very rare. But there are other things like coughs and colds where our memory is much shorter. So developing those infections and fighting the infections is part of our natural life so i i do agree with that yeah okay. yeah it's like it's interesting though isn't it because you say like with the coughs and colds like it's a shorter like you know you don't remember they, our bodies don't remember it but like for me like Gigi has a cough all the time in the winter yeah like i think someone else has has, has sent that question in as well like it, it's just like a recurring thing like from october to february she has a cough. <laughs> that's yeah. it. <laughs> and that's something I'll see in my clinic once or twice a day, I think. Right. A kid with a recur- with an ongoing and recurring cough. And it's important that we see them in clinic. I don't think that we should just say that everyone's being neurotic and so on, because I don't think that's fair. Mm. So it's important that we see them and we check them, um, because there are some really rare causes of chronic cough. Most coughs, I think parents worry that there's something going on kind of down in the lungs, but most yeah. coughs in children that go on for a long time come from up here because they get very snotty. Some of them have quite active airways, so they produce mucus, and then they lie down at night, and it all kind of drips backwards. So I think that kind of chronic cough at night is something I see quite a lot as well. I'd always encourage someone to get checked, though, get their kid checked if they were worried. Okay. Right, George, do you want to... Yeah, where shall we go? My two-year-old has had a loose stool for six weeks. The stool sample is clear at the doctor. What should I do now? That's a a really good question. So loose stools, again, common presentation in kids. And actually, in a two-year-old, there's something really, really common called toddler's diarrhoea. This is going to get really graphic, by the way, just a warning. But in toddler's diarrhoea, you often actually... um, What's quite common is the kid is otherwise completely well and goes about their day normally, but you often see bits of undigested food in the stools on a regular basis and that's really really common and not something to worry about i think if they've had a normal stool sample that can only really exclude certain things like bacterial infections and so on but if you're worried that there's something else going on there's just been a sudden change i think you should have a chat to your doctor because sometimes there are other causes you might want to see a specialist even as well yeah that's really good advice. Um, yeah. um, always go with your gut on that. You know, I think we always say that, don't we, George? Excuse that, you the know, pun. <laughs> excuse the pun, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I'm funny and I don't even know it. Okay, um, another question here about thyroid. I was having a conversation about thyroid over the weekend, actually. Have raised TSH level. I don't know what that is. Should I get medication before TTC? What are all these letters? I know. I know. It's <laughs> so TTC is trying to conceive. So. Okay. Uh, TSH is a hormone in the brain, which is released from the brain, which tells your thyroid to produce its hormones, which then control the metabolism around the body. The t- if the TSH is up, it can sometimes indicate that your thyroid is struggling to produce enough hormone. So if um, you're trying to conceive, it is important to kind of get your thyroid in a good place uh, beforehand. Now, there might be reasons for that. And the other the other difficulty with that question is that the thyroid can just go off when you're unwell as well and then come back to normal. So mm. I think that requires a full discussion with the doctor. Sometimes a repeat test, but definitely if it's abnormal before trying to conceive, you definitely want to follow that up with your doctor. Okay. okay. So does that mean underactive thyroid? Because you might... hear underactive and overactive Reactive. and I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> Correct. That would mean possibly underactive thyroid if the TSH is going up. It means your, your thyroid is struggling. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Fine. Mid-cycle spotting 10 months after having a baby when I never had that previously, is that normal? Good question as well. So, difficulties, uh, changes in cycle are really, really common after having a baby. And, but 
I think it's really important. I think what most people do in that situation is just put it down to having had a baby. Uh, and what strikes me about that question is this is 10 months after. Yeah. So, you know, I guess where I where my head would be as a doctor is there's probably kind of 80% of a chance that that might be related to kind of postpartum. But actually, we've got to think about all the other possible causes. So I think probably a full check with a doctor, a discussion with a doctor would be really helpful at that point. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you just don't want to miss anything down there gynecologically. It's like, yeah, if the, if it's better to be safe than sorry with all of these things. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, nine month old, swollen lymph node for seven weeks. Doctor told me not to worry. This is another really common thing. So lymph nodes are the glands that we feel kind of in our neck, sometimes at the back here. They effectively kind of drain material from the rest of our body and they always go up when we have an infection. So I'm sure that, you know, when you've had tonsillitis, you can feel those big swollen glands. But sometimes we have viruses and infections which um, don't necessarily cause symptoms and the lymph glands can swell. Seeing a child with a single swollen lymph node is actually really common. And normally I would reassure them. There's a period of time where that's okay, but then kind of once it gets a little bit longer, we might think about doing some additional tests like a scan of the gland or some blood tests at some point. What would you be looking for when you do like those tests? Or is it like loads? <laughs> it's loads of things. <laughs> You're I'm, so medical, Georgia. <laughs> it's, it's loads of things. You're really testing me. It's loads of things. And there are, and there are, um, and there are some things that are, are probably more worrying. So I wouldn't want to worry anyone. But yep. I think the most important thing, firstly, is if someone sees me with that, then I always look for where the infection might be coming from. So often, like if it's come, if there's a swollen lymph gland in, the, in here in a child, I want to look in the ear. Is there kind of a chronic infection in the ear or in the throat? Right, um, okay. But mostly when these children have scans, they show them to be something called reactive lymph nodes, which is just a lymph node which is reacting to some local inflammation. Right, okay. I'm trying to switch my breastfed baby to formula and every time I do, they keep projectile vomiting. Okay, good question. And this is definitely one to seek medical advice on. So the switch from breastfeeding to formula is a time where if they've never been exposed to cow's milk before, because most formulas are cow's milk based, yeah. where, where symptoms can come out. Now, I'm not diagnosing this baby with a cow's milk allergy but if this baby was not a projectile vomiter before and is suddenly being exposed to a cow's milk formula and is projectile vomiting, you definitely want to see your doctor just to at least discuss it, check yeah. some other things like their weight, ask if there's blood in their stores, uh, is there a rash on the skin. Um, but what I'm hearing in that question is that there's been a sudden change in this child and definitely cause to think about further investigation and advice from a mum who's been through a baby that had severe reflux and cow's milk allergy egg allergy that did exactly the same thing is a hundred percent worth investigating everything don't stop you know there there are other formulas if, if yeah. there is a cow's milk allergy there there are you know there's neocate and there's there's lots of other things that you there's other routes you can go down but just projectile vomiting like that it's it's not it's not that normal yeah and my son, when we gave my son formula for the first time, my first son, he was totally violent. And then formula for the first time, within three minutes, he had hives and projectile vomiting. Right. And exactly. he had a cow's milk allergy. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like Zoe says, there are always other routes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't give up. Asking for a friend. Why do my big toenails keep falling off when I go for <laughs> runs? Anon. <laughs> No, genuinely, like, That's a great <laughs> can one. I just ask this question? Can I just, like, this is yeah, actually me. Great, my big yeah. toenails 
keep falling off when I run. And the other, last one went completely green. And then my daughter was going, you've got gangrene. I was like, I haven't got gangrene, but it was pretty bad. Like Sounds it's getting worse grim. and worse as I was getting, it was really grim. It's my least sexy moment. I'll be honest with you. There are, there are two main things on the big toenails that in runners that I see a lot of. And the first one is like fungal infection. So <laughs> sorry to out you there, but fungal infection is one. Um, and that causes kind of chronic problems with the nail. The other thing is chronic trauma in runners. If it's getting really hammered against the, 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 your shoe a lot and you do a lot of running, actually just that chronic trauma can do a lot. You probably need to see a podiatrist. Because the pain after oh. one run where it had been so, like you said, the trauma, it kept me up the whole night. It was like burning and it was it was obviously just really bruised and then it went black and then it went green and then it fell off it was it's a whole it's a whole journey with my feet something's something's not i mean i run and that doesn't happen so something's, something's not, not right. right something's okay not right. i'll go and see if something's not right <laughs> you can get fake toenails i learned i, I remember yeah. you telling me that so all is not lost if you're going on holiday and you've got green toenail get yourself a fake one you're all right <laughs> Where she go? Nearly eight months exclusively breastfeeding. My periods haven't returned, normal or not. Eight months and exclusively breastfeeding, quite normal, I would yeah. say. Cool. Okay, fine. Yeah, quite normal. Uh, stomach muscles still separated. Is this normal? 16 months on. Diastasis rect recti. Oh, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Yes, still it, got is, it. <laughs> it, it is normal. Um, unfortunately, it does affect some women. If they haven't seen a good women's health physiotherapist, that is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Um, someone's really, really kind of try to help you build up your core again. Yeah, yeah and the pelvic definitely. floor is all related and to that. I mean, you can still exactly. get fingers like that down my separated stomach muscles here and they're still, they closed up and now they've separated back again. But that's because I haven't been practicing my pelvic floor. Everything's weak. Yeah. Definitely get a mummy MOT. Definitely. Absolutely. It's like the best money you'll ever spend. Um, yeah. So my periods are getting closer together. I'm 11 mo months postpartum. Any ideas? There's only been 17 days since the last one. I've had two periods this month, but I did take the morning after pill. Could that be why? There's lots, of, there's lots in there, isn't there? There's lots in there, isn't there? And I think it comes back to one of the questions we were discussing before. Don't assume that just because you're postpartum that things are, you know, you've just, you've, you've had a baby, that things are definitely due to that. I would say on that question though, so I would advise them to get checked or go speak to their doctor. I would say on that one is the morning after pill can wreak havoc with your periods afterwards right, okay. for some time. Mm -hmm. So that may be playing a part in this as well. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, right. do you know what I didn't realise about the morning after pill? There's two types, isn't there? So there's one, which is it more expensive and it's to do with the egg, not, I don't know, not being released or has been released and then there's another one and i didn't know that well the, the advantage of having both types is that is that firstly if there's someone who can't take one type for medical reasons but the other thing is that one of them has a longer so one of them is within 72 hours but one of them can work up to five days um oh. but very important to say the sooner you take it the better regardless so yeah. you shouldn't wait for five days and then go get the second one because you can really important if you think you need to take it to just take one as soon as possible so nikki says newborn with sticky eye is breast milk any good for treating it oh my gosh we hear this so much don't yeah, we how we often do. were you doing that george we're like mm. yeah i know do you know i've no i don't actually know the answer to it Why? i've not i've not been asked that by a patient when when someone brings someone to me with a sticky eye you just need to check for a couple of specific types of infection but mainly it's a blocked tear duct. And then I normally recommend doing cool boiled water, 
with a cotton cotton bud and then kind of gently clean it. I don't know about the breast milk one actually, whether there's yeah. any medical evidence behind it. Loads of, I, maybe it's yeah, maybe it is an old wives' tale, but loads of people say like for any like like a yeah gunky eye or like a little like rash or like anything like that that breast milk i don't know who knows breast milk the magic formula yeah exactly um this is from ruthie my 20 month old won't poo she goes rigid and red not sure if she's scared she eats and drinks okay okay so what like, what we might be talking about here is constipation uh, and the reason i say that is not specifically because of this child but actually constipation is really 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 common in children and usually not due to a medical cause but that kind of behavior you might call it retentive behavior so where a child has got a bottom full of poo basically and they can't go because they actually may be scared or it feels mm. like too much for them so um and it is really important to break that cycle in children yeah. because then if they do really big hard poos they can get little tears around their bottom which hurt then they don't want to poo even more and it sets up this horrible cycle so i would advise them to see the doctor uh, because it sounds that, 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 that actually, although she doesn't seem in distress or pain, that there may be a, a, a reason there why she's struggling. Yeah, once the, once the fear starts coming into it and it becomes this, this you know, cyc cyclical thing that's, cyclical thing that they do it's like my daughter Luna she just wouldn't wouldn't go for a wee and it became so bad that the only way that I could get her to do the to do a wee was we got we had to get in the bath together and actually yeah. when she stood in the hot warm water she actually couldn't hold it anymore but she was getting UTIs I mean it was so bad it was yeah. genuinely yeah. the worst six months of my life I think in my parenting world that's what I was gonna say I had the same with Gigi she um when she started potty training she just stopped going for a poo she absolutely hated it but she wouldn't do it in a nappy either so it was just the whole mm -hmm. I don't know the whole process and we went through oh my gosh so much like the lactulose stuff and you yeah. know all of that and actually eventually it just came down to she had like a little tear and it actually really did hurt her when she went so yeah. we yeah. just had to get through it and we did so you will come you absolutely will come out the other side it's just so distressing potty training is the time where it often starts so yes. usually because yeah. because there's stress involved and the kid gets stressed and the parents are stressed and so so potty training is a really common time and normally i go as a doctor i go quite early on laxatives to try and keep everything really smooth and then when everyone's yeah. kind of relaxed and you've passed that period you can start reducing them yeah and yeah. one tip one tip from from obviously georgia and i've been through it is like i just kept asking her do you need a wee do you need a wee do you need a wee and she was just like piss off i don't need a wee yeah. and now you're making me feel really paranoid about going for a wee yeah. so just yeah. let them dictate to you rather than the it's other way around I, I got it wrong. It's the, it is the pressure <laughs> yeah. we'll be right back after this short break Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Best cream for baby eczema on face. Best cream for baby eczema is always a moisturizer. or So in the medical term, that's an emollient cream because using a moisturizer regularly keeps the integrity of the skin, repairs the skin. The best ones to use are the thick kind of greasy ones. The thicker, the greasier, the better. But you can, you can, sometimes people find that really difficult because then they've got a slippery baby afterwards. But you can, <laughs> you can um, alternate that with something like a lotion, which is easily absorbed. And the trick with it is as many times a day as you can. So if your baby's got eczema, I'll normally say every time you change their nappy, put a bit of moisturizer on them. But what type of, right. I mean, in terms of what they can, because obviously some moisturizers and some thicker creams trigger eczema. So is there any, are there any brands that you'd recommend or do they have to go and see the doctor to get it prescribed? No, you don't have to get a prescription. I would normally recommend unperfumed things. So yeah. I quite like recommending Aveeno cream. Um, Cetraven Oilatum are very good as well. So those mm. are the thick, greasy ones. Aveeno is quite nice because it's like oatmeal based. Yeah, um, right. Okay. I normally recommend unperfumed, very much kind of medical moisturizers. Are there any links between the gut and eczema? Absolutely, yeah. So, and again, that comes back to the cow's milk protein thing as well, for sure. So that can be a, there are different types of allergy, but some allergies can come out in really, really profound eczema as well. So definitely, eczema is really common in babies. So just because they have eczema doesn't mean they've got an allergy. But sometimes if you see a child, a baby who's come in, who's covered in eczema, you do start thinking, well, is there something driving this? Yeah. yeah. My son yeah. Axel had eczema quite badly mm. until he was three, mm. which coincided with him stopping drinking milk. Yeah. And and yeah. I'm not joking, it just cleared up in probably like a week. It yeah. was it was just it was unbelievable. And he still has dairy now. He has like cheese and stuff, but just in be- like he just doesn't drink a pint of milk. Like <laughs> that that's all mm. it is. It's just like really small small amounts. Small amounts. And one of the things we would do, um, because it's really difficult, you don't want to exclude food groups for your kids, do you? But one of the things we would often do is if you are worried about it, one thing you can do um, under supervision from your doctor is exclude the dairy for a month, for example, but then everything, and then reintroduce it. Because even if they get better, you reintroduce it. Because if when you reintroduce it, it flares again then you've got a diagnosis it's really are, we, are we becoming less tolerant in you know in 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 modern in our in the modern world because i i mean there, there are so many people that i mean we're two mums that had it with our children there were so many people that we speak to that they either can't you know my daughter luna gluten my son kit dare you know and that's just one family and and so what was happening 50 60 70 years ago when they they didn't have the alternative milks yeah. but things were processed differently allergies look allergies are really really increasing Um, and it's become a huge area of medicine and I think then parental concern about allergies quite a big part of that as well because you obviously don't want to be harming your child when you give them something Um, then there are lots of reasons why that's the case but I think one of the things that there's this you know a lot of doctors quote there's there's in Israel where they give their kids peanut snacks from a really really young age they munch on these like peanut butter flavored crisps Mm. basically peanut allergy is very 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 low so there is something about early exposure as well. Okay, that's oh, wow. really interesting. That is really interesting. Um, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, this is from Hannah. I'm worried my son has had too many antibiotics recently. Will this cause future problems? That's a really, really good question. And again, I think something that we see a lot in the winter, and it's a kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because on the one hand, 
antibiotics save lives and they mm-hmm. treat bacterial infections. And I think as a parent, there are, can be some winters where you feel that you've given your kid kind of three or four courses of antibiotics. As long as it's not an overall pattern, which is kind of going on and on and on on a regular basis for kind of months and months on end, it shouldn't cause them any future problems at all. Obviously, there's the more global kind of problem of antibiotic resistance and so on. But on an individual level, if it's kind of two or three courses during a bad winter, it shouldn't cause them any could, future Could they problems. look at maybe a, a, ch- a child's um, acidophilus or kind of something to help with the gut flora at that point? Because obviously we know that antibiotics aren't great for the stom- stomach, are they? Yeah, they they absolutely can look at that. I don't know yeah. that there's a huge amount of medical evidence behind them, okay. but at the same time, there's there's not going to be, a, as long as it's appropriate for children, there's not going to be a huge amount of probiotic. harm either. Yeah, yeah probiotic okay. is completely fine to try. Yeah, but, I, but I would probably not worry too much about it. Cool. Okay. And which GP are you going to? Because mine doesn't give out antibiotics at all. <laughs> well, really? neither of mine have ever had antibiotics, ever. That's and I'm thing. sure it what? is. Just, no, they've never had, neither of them have ever had antibiotics. And I'm not joking, like, I've taken them. You know, when you're like, they definitely need antibiotics. Like, Gigi's like on the floor. She's so poorly. And they're like, no, she'll be okay. <laughs> wow. Well, give me them. And she was, and she was okay. <laughs> and she was exactly was okay. right. Doctor's always right. Doctor's always right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, should we just finish up with one? Because I know that we're running, we're running out of time. Um, let's just end on this one. Uh, it's, it's interesting, actually. Skin tags. Why do I get them? And how do I get rid of them? I feel horrible. That's a great question. I'm sorry you feel mm. horrible. Yeah, don't feel horrible. Skin tags are just uh, where our skin produces extra cells, like extra skin cells in that area. And they occur in places where the skin rubs against itself. So commonly in the neck, armpit and groin area. They're totally benign. They're never skin cancer, as long as they're definitely skin tags. But cosmetically, they can upset people. You can have them removed, but it's difficult to get that done on the NHS because they're cos- they're considered to be cosmetic. Um, and you can have them removed by, sometimes you can see a doctor who'll tie them off, um, or you can have them removed by freezing as well. So they can be removed. They don't have to be removed, though. Okay, okay brilliant. Um, and just on a final note, because um, we've run out of time, but before we go, uh, what is coming up for you? Obviously, you're in clinic lots and lots, but is there anything kind of exciting coming up in your world that we need to know about on the podcast? Yeah, I've got a few other appearances coming up. So I've got, I'm doing a, uh, uh, some founders kind of forum startup next week. And um, I've just recorded a whole load of social stuff for um, my page, so lo- lots and lots of um, lots and lots of medical advice kind of coming up on my uh, on my uh, Instagram as well soon. And what's your Instagram page mm. called? It's Dr. Daniel Gordon. There you go, Lovely. nice and simple. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. How lucky are we that we get to chat to a GP for an hour? I, <laughs> I literally tried to call my GP this morning and couldn't get through. So I'm really glad that we had that on tap. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that we've managed to answer some of your questions because it is hard to get an appointment sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes as well, you feel like you don't want to waste anyone's time. Yeah. One of my closest mates is a GP, Zoe Williams. And if there's ever anything major going on, like for example, anything with the kids or anything that I just want to ask, I'm like, hey, Zoe, how's it going? Look like you're doing really well. FYI, I've got a question. 
session me to ask her. She's like, go on, shoot. I wonder how many of those messages she gets a day. <laughs> we need to do products, George. Do you want to kick us off? We do. I'm going to kick us off. So I guess this is kind of a product. I I track my steps on my Apple Watch. I have to be honest, I, I got an Apple Watch through my health like insurance and then I just stopped using it because it just used to annoy me. But now, like since the beginning of January, I've really been tracking my steps, like how mm. much I stand up, like all of that kind of thing. And I'm becoming a bit obsessed with it, but in a good way. Because a healthy I, way. Yeah, in a healthy way. Because sometimes, especially like when I've got having a laptop day where I've literally just got like Zoom meetings and emails, I can do like, yeah, 2,000 steps. It's just not enough. And then I no. feel shit, like yeah. absolute crap. And I think... Why do I feel like this? Oh, mm. yeah, it's because I've literally not moved. Haven't moved. Yeah, yeah, and I think any any of those step trackers, you know, there, there are there are a few of them that are actually really good. And like Georgia said, if you have got private medical, you can generally tend to get them through that. And if you hit your steps and stuff, then you can get, it's like points off and money off, isn't it, as well? Yeah, so there's exactly. like rewards that you can do. I mean, the other day I thought I'd walked loads and I think I'd done about 1,500 steps and I was absolutely crushed. And that was mainly <laughs> to the fridge and back. So they are a good idea if you work, you know, if you are at your desk a lot, just with your laptop open. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, or just looking yeah. after a tiny human and you can't get out of the house. Um, exactly. I am going to go from um, Fitbit to um, a, a small eyelash brand that I discovered recently called Flickr. Have you ever heard of them? No, but I do like, I mean, I'm quite fussy about false eyelashes, but I'm interested to hear. Okay, so they've got really lovely kind of, because I, I don't like the ones that, that look too big. Like and, the full ones. The full ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. They're not really me. So they've got a whole range of flicker naked lashes, which I really love, which genuinely, like they, you couldn't tell that you had lashes on, that your lashes that. just look a little bit more volumized. Um, they're really, really reasonably priced. You can use them again. Um, you can order them online. They get delivered. They've got, um, as I said, they've got lashes. They've got adhesive liners as well. So you can do a liner and then you can just put your lash on top of it. Wow. And then I guess this that won't change at all either. No, it's incredible. That, yeah, that is you don't amazing. Need a glue. You don't need a glue. Um, wow. So yeah, definitely check them out. Oh my God, I am going to, I definitely will check those out. Um, <laughs> this is not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, Gigi, I've been trying to get her out of wearing night pants um, yeah. and she keeps wetting the bed. So yeah. um, her mattress stinks, basically. Um, but Zoe actually recommended this to me. It's called Envy Bed Fresh and you can get it on Amazon. And basically it's, so good. it's it's just a miracle it doesn't smell it gets rid of the stains um i think anyone who is <laughs> nighttime potty training at the moment yeah. just just buy it like that, that's it that's all i have to say yeah, it's 1149 <laughs> as well and yeah, our, i think we got yeah. ours last year and it's still still doing the job right. so definitely yeah. worth next day delivery no brainer yeah there you go just get it and then I just, I really wanted to give Jane and Tash um, a, a big shout out. It's an online brand, clothing brand. They do um, incredible jackets. Um, that, that I, I invested in that leather aviator, that oversized leather aviator from there. And I had been looking at it for about seven or eight months and then decided that actually I was going to take the plunge. But they also do um, kind of 
you know really lovely like mittens the mittens are gorgeous they're like 60 quid um mm. they're teddy bear ones so if you've got a pram and you're walking with a pram you can just put them over your neck and then it like it's been so cold hasn't it oh, wow. keep, keep your um hands toes they're just really chic really different you're not going to see everyone wearing them and yeah, yeah. a little special shout out because the team's very small and they've yeah. got a really nice ethos to them yeah it's nice to like it's nice to support small businesses especially yeah. like when you're really making it like an investment like you did with that jacket yeah so yeah we yeah, love it a shout out there you go um all right thank you so much to everybody who sent in their questions and um, we're really sorry if we didn't get to read yours out today there were hundreds of them so but thank you for supporting the podcast um as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and please give the podcast a little follow because you'll never miss an episode then yeah and also keep your suggestions coming for these friday q a's because they are for you guys after all um, and just drop us a dm we're on at made by mamas on instagram and we'll be back on tuesday Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.